0: G'day and welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. Round two is done and dusted, and it's not been the start to the season we'd all hoped for. With Hawthorne hammered by a resurgent Sydney, we're back to make sense of it all, and of course, preview the game that's been billed as an off-Broadway blockbuster. Let's get down to business. My name is Nick Mason, and with me, as always, is a man who might prefer to focus on Box Hill this week. G'day, Tiz.
1: Hooray! We're recording. What a what a great thing.
0: <laughs> so we, we did postpone it. It was meant to be Sunday night, but. There was a call that was made. Mine. I was like, nah, not doing it. <laughs> Fair enough. It was pretty bleak.
1: It was. And then we were lucky enough to have Sammy go on Footy Classified, and you were overjoyed <sighs> getting to watch that program again, having the excuse to watch Caro. Oh,
0: my vow to never watch Footy Classified again. Already broken. <laughs> Rounds two. Wasn't he good though? He was very good, yeah. A markedly better performance than the side. <laughs> Well, the thing about Sam Mitchell on that show is the panel kind of went into their shells and were kind of weird around him, almost like they couldn't say certain things to his face. Or they'd read his CV. Yeah, that's right. He is much more accomplished than anyone on that panel. I enjoyed how much silence they gave him. What about the insinuation that the AFL's not happy with Hawthorne, their list strategy? I did enjoy the
1: feigned... You know, sort of, I don't really understand. <laughs> Mate, I'm new to this. Uh, perhaps, you know, the AFL really do control lists, but we're not Melbourne. <laughs> I would, no, that's not what he said, was it? No, he, he meant that I, I haven't seen that evidence of that. Anyway, the AFL had <laughs> a list of stuff they want fixed at Hawthorne before the list. Exactly. Not the uh, high priority it might have been otherwise. Yeah, I, I don't imagine anyone could... Fly in the face of Caro with the AFL unhappy with Hawthorne at the moment. But probably not for that reason. Exactly. Oh, it's such a tight narrative. I just... I tell you what, though. Cutting to the quick and getting it early. Round two to get that interview done.
0: Well done, Sammy. <laughs> so he doesn't have to appear
1: in right, what, like round nine or something? Yeah, when we get our next home game.
0: <laughs>
1: the fixture's against us. The media's against us. Don Scott apparently against us? No. <laughs> just a little, just has a different view. Everything's just sort of stacking up against Hawthorne, and and then we're playing our former coach on the weekend, and we've got to find ways to look past this result, because it's it's like anything when you're, these are, these are all learning new techniques in footy, they're very young, inexperienced. Even our... Over 50, over 100 game players aren't playing very well. That's because the team is not cohesive. Mm -hmm. They don't know the best method to get the ball into attack. And considering our midfield had one of their best games I've seen, especially for a young midfield, they did well against Sydney, and Sydney have a a bonanza of midfielders. Their their midfield and their defence carried them to the grand final. And then... They put in a performance in the grand final, was like us on the weekend and not one of those commentators bothered to mention how Sydney grand final like Hawthorne was today. Uh,
0: I, I don't know, mate, it's a it's a bleak read the scoreboard, but I, I just I can't help but think it might have been different if if only we didn't cut Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hawthorne cut too deep, mate. What about yeah. Dan Howell? I mean,
1: Ed Ed is performing
0: better than Tom did. Jackson Callow would have been really good out there on the weekends. Look. What about it- John Segler? <laughs> Tim O'Brien? Jeez, we we'll let some talent go. Because they were part of the next premiership side. Jager did look like he was going to beat Clarko though, and I was waiting. I was sitting there going, "Come on, Jager, do it!" Hey mate, you got another opportunity this weekend. Yeah, wings. Yeah, oh. <laughs> get Wingard back into the side. Kick wings the kicks goal.
1: eight, does a Ronkey
0: <laughs> Oh, that'd be terrific. Oh, but my point is that I just that tired narrative is just so annoying and. Did Ronki kick eight? It felt like eight. I think it was. (laughs) It's always some player that hasn't quite hit their straps until they meet us. Yeah. Amati. Case in point. Yeah, I know. Hawthorne should have done the
1: research on Amati. He's been fairly good against us. But
0: here's the thing. You could have said that about a lot of other players in the past. Yeah. Who tend to spring up out of nowhere when we play them. Lob. Yeah. Peter Wright kicks six all of a sudden. Never done that before in his career. Or again. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um... This is how it is. And- well, Mitchell summed up the performance by saying that Hawthorne was its own worst enemy, which I think is fair enough. There was poor skill across the park, and we were just put to the sword when we... Transition was awful. Yeah, didn't make amends. Didn't but talk about how good our
1: midfielders were, because Day was terrific, Ward was good, he was on task, then you had Warple, who looks like he's actually he's,
0: getting he's back to something. He, you know,
1: he, he didn't look anything like that last year.
0: It's hard to see sometimes because the team is struggling. But, I mean, Warple looks completely different to the 2022 model. Uh, 22 touches, team high eight inside fifty six score involvements. So I think he's tracking rel- relatively well, certainly a lot better than last year. Uh, the story of the day for us was Will Day, who had a career-best game, and I sorely hope that he signed to this soon because I-, I might not be able to enjoy what is a breakout year until he does so. 26- thought, about- thought about sending him a Mont Blanc. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just so he can practice the signature just as long as you don't send him a Sav Blanc, who remind him too much of the wineries back in SA uh, <laughs> the team high seven clearances 26 touches at 76.9 percent uh it's a tick for this midfield experiment it's going quite well with will day yes Yep. again bloody hope he doesn't leave because I don't want to have one year of this and then he buggers off yeah he'll be fine He's not going anywhere. He's got the heritage. Dylan Moore, whose disposal efficiency was well down this week. It was just 56.5% for 23 touches, but a team-high eight marks, a team-high eight score involvements of a possible 17. So, I mean, you know, he's he's accounted for half of them, basically, including five inside 50s. It's very clear how important he is in driving us forward.
1: Don't know how he does it in such a,
0: a poor display by the team itself. There's really no cohesion between the lines. No, that's right. It, it's it's going all right in the midfield, certainly better than it was, ironically. Uh, I mean, plus seven in the clearances, centre clearances, also plus seven, broke even with the stoppage clearances. Uh, it's either end of the field that we're really struggling in, which we'll, we'll get to that in well, a sec. yeah. I mean, we'll get to how the defence goes backwards, but anyway. Yeah. John Newcomb with 25 touches, once again, led the way for pressure acts. He obviously got the memo from round one to round two because that was a place that we really needed to improve. Still below the competition average in in that regard. Across the side, yeah. Yeah, so he's attracting more attention from opposition clubs as well, which is really no surprise. We did forecast that for this year. But he's working through it quite well for a young man. One guy that does like to throw his body around is Lloyd Meek. I thought you were going to say Connor Nash. Well, he does like that too. But Lloyd Meek I thought was a standout this game. Arguably the best Ruckman out there on the day. Won the hit outs and posted a team high eight tackles as well as his first goal for the club.
1: And those are real tackles. They are. They're ones that hurt. You'll know when you're tackled by Lloyd Meek, I suspect. That's what I like about it. (laughs) Nash is the same. But I don't think he had that many tackles. But he definitely hit their captain and... Brad Johnson in the box thought, oh, no, I didn't think that was in football anymore. Yeah, no, I thought the
0: bump was dead. It's no, beautiful. When, when you do it properly, it's I fine. I
1: enjoyed that immensely. That was probably the highlight of the day.
0: When you don't concuss a bloke, when you don't hit him in the head, it's But he fine. feels it, yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to do that. That hasn't changed. Yeah, you, you're allowed to intimidate your opponent. Exactly. Now, that was a, a beautiful bump from Colin Nash and... Yeah, I don't know how anyone thought that could possibly get weeks.
1: That's so odd. You
0: know, when the headline was, is Conor Nash in trouble? I thought, oh, is there something wrong with his shoulder? How long, <laughs> long is he going to be out? <laughs> anyway, we've got a
1: number of questions from the listeners, and uh, each of them more unanswerable
0: than the last. Well, speaking of uh, applying a physical presence, we had a question from uh, one of our listeners, Stewie Bro, which I thought was, was interesting to highlight. He says, there was talk of pre-season about getting back to being unsociable. Where has that gone? Uh, well, they're still in the
1: twos, DGB yeah. and Butler. <laughs> Butler, yeah. Well, I mean, he yeah, was Butler, elevated Butler this, was week. this week. Yep. Yeah, but uh, that they were the blokes who were getting aggro. And um, is it just exclusively a competitive spirit bet- across two guys? Is it two players? I think we definitely need it.
0: Yeah, I, was, I mean, I was
1: telling, I was talking to you about this. I, I think we need extroverts. I think we yeah. need players that that you know. Sicily is apparently wearing his heart on his sleeve, but uh, we need other blokes to do that. And be prepared to put their head over the footy and crunch opposition because there's been moments where uh, our boys have been crunched Mm -hmm. and they haven't flown the flag. And I think North and Clarko are definitely going to identify that as something that may be a nice little uh, pressure point
0: to push. We're in need of extroverts that can assert themselves, basically, not only internally in the team, but on the opposition.
1: And stand up and bring people with them. It's very hard from defence
0: to do that. You need that on each line. This question from Gus, speaking of each line, what is the temporary key forward solution? Because Cozzy ain't really coming it right now. Cozzy needs assistance. He's
1: obviously trying very hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he moves a lot. He gets to a lot of contests. But most often they don't fall his way. And let's let's face it, he's the only get-out kick forward. So if they bring Lynch up, it played a good game in the VFL, and they drop perhaps Reeves. Mm-hmm. Because um, the resting ruckman forward doesn't work unless it's meek. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's something they've got to look at. But we've played Essendon that were geared up for that match and just turned it on after half time, and we've played Sydney who are who are still smarting from a terrible grand final defeat. So North are not that calibre.
0: So you reckon you you back Cosie to stand up?
1: And in Tassie, his favourite ground, as we I know. think he will get the nod
0: again. Yeah, I suspect he will, but I I wonder how long we can possibly persist because Lewis is still a long way off. Uh, obviously, Jack is still injured as well, who I think they would try as a forward if they had that option. option now. I know he's been playing as a defender, but I think they would pull that lever if they could. Regrettably, we didn't draft... Jed rule. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, a uh, uh, key forward. We'll get to him. We'll get to yeah. Jed. Uh, but yeah, key forward would have been really nice. But um, you're not to know that both Lewis and Jekka are going to be unavailable. You know, there's depth that might have been there that we don't have now. It exposes Cosie as he looks like the only key position forward option. And he's well, he hasn't kicked a goal, has he? And, and where does it leave him if he goes another round goalless? I mean, well, that, the pressure just rises. The entirely.
1: Again and again, and you had a couple of shots. You just yeah. nail one, you know. Just nail one. It, it's 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 the same with the team. Like one win is going to change the trajectory of their psychology. At the moment, we're very
0: reactive, even on field. Well, this ties into a cluster of questions from uh, from three listeners here. I'll read out all of them. This one from Anthony: How come our defence has looked so bad compared to last year, with pretty much the same names? And this one from Views from the Nosebleeds. How has our defence broken down so badly this year when it was reliable last year? Outside of Scrimshaw, it's largely unchanged. And this final one from Bootha. What is our ideal backline set up? What was the strength is now a liability. Is it the frost factor? He wasn't part of the group last year and now he's back. The unit looks a bit off. Well, that is a solution people have foisted
1: upon us on Twitter. (laughs) And it happened. No, it's not... Out of the realms exactly. of possibility. These are realistic. Sammy mistakes. did put Frost forward in Tassie. Yeah. And he might do it again on the weekend. Maybe. I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. However, the reason the defence looks so poor is because there's the lack of pressure on the ball carrier. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, they're attacking uh, at the wrong moments. Mm-hmm. The number of times they got, <laughs> the ball was given up and then came straight back and our defenders were out, out of Position and it was an easy goal to the Swans or very, very, very easy play for the Swans to get a shot on goal was ridiculous. So um, it's about ball retention and that that defensive unit has not lost all its ability because no. Chris Newman has gone and decided to coach <laughs> the forward line. It, it's because the stuff upfield is not working out as it's intended.
0: Well, when Sam says that we're our own worst enemy, it's it's basically saying that we put ourselves under enormous pressure, instantly under the pump when our skills let us down and we don't defend the other way. And it it comes into a defense. It, the ball comes like a ricochet right back into that defensive 50 mm. and we're just not set up. We're, we're just not ready for it.
1: And the last thing you want to do, and this is hap- it's starting to happen, is go into your shells and become ultra defensive. mm which is something you could do, and, and I'll it could be forgiven um, if Sammy does that against very, very good sides. I thought he might try that against Sydney, have a quarter where all they do is defend. Mm. But he's not doing that. He is trying to attack, and the team is trying to attack, and it's just not paying dividends at the moment. It will. At some point, as a fan, you've got to look past the result, the scoreboard, and look for the glimmers of improvement. And... There are individuals improving, but team cohesiveness, team plan, ball movement, it's not showing up yet. And you've got to remember, we've got a few players in that lineup that are going to take at least six weeks to look like they belong. Mm. You're talking about a senior ball carrier in Amon, Lloyd Meek, who's becoming more and more important each week. Yep. Um, you've got Will Day now playing out of the midfield. He has his best game, second week playing midfield. For in the AFL. I mean, he's played on the wing and other things, but out and out of Yeah, a little, little bit different these days. It's all about time and how long you could put up with giving these boys these experiences. They'll gel together eventually.
0: It's the big question of, uh, of balance. That's what ha- that's what Mitchell has to achieve at selection.
1: And all these fans saying, oh, you know, this is dreadful. They're acting like they haven't seen it before, Nick. <laughs> 04. Yeah. yeah, shades 05. Yep. 06. Uh, 97. 98. <laughs> almost 99. Um, well, what was the first? I mean, we only, the first time we missed finals was 96, wasn't it? Anyway, uh, no, 97. And then, of course, there's the period from 1926 through to <laughs> 58. Um, Where were you, Tiz? And then there was all, all the commotion after the first Premiership. You know, we were pretty good, but off field we were terrible after that. So it, th- there were missed opportunities. And they're trying to write a list, the management, and there's so many issues off field as well. I,
0: we're a very entertaining club, Nick. Very entertaining. <laughs> For better or worse, we're certainly entertaining to the entire footy media oh, well, but anyway i've well, already, shut been, up about us. already been on a soapbox about that so I'll, I'll refrain from doing so again uh this one from neil what are we doing to dimmer have we broken him by switching his position every game he seems to be losing one-on-one battles in the back line he would have normally won in the past do we have a plan here or is it all a knee-jerk response in game what about impy it has a bit of the impy feel
1: about it being pushed forward like that
0: with the screws loose
1: yeah <laughs> but i don't know well he didn't get a touch forward I don't know. He only really added something the week before, kicked two goals, but and against the flow.
0: So, but it's funny because heading into this season, I, I would have counted him as one of the dependable defenders. That uh, one of the first picks yeah. who never Why would really you bother moving. Him, yeah, yeah, He would never really move because that's where he's best. And I don't know. I, I think we're scrambling for solutions as to finding some firepower. But Look, our one-on-one breaks, our one-on-one contests, and the way
1: they're breaking. Is awful mm-hmm. at the moment. And that's a question of confidence and it's a question of where the, you know, kicking it to your teammates' advantage. Now, can we turn to Box Hill? We can. Who are a beacon of talent and light and, and really rubbed their noses in it in the VFL. They should have won by more. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. And I felt like uh, O'Sullivan is just a bloke that I can. Go to the VFL to watch. Unless, of course, he gets elevated to the AFL. And then I'll go to the AFL to watch. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I love his
0: energy. That competitive spirit is a mean little machine, Is Jack O'Sullivan. Great to watch. Uh, Box Hill Hawks, 14-13-97, defeated Sydney 10-10-70. Close contest for much of the day. and A very entertaining one at that. But Box Hill kicked away with a five-goal final quarter to win by 27 points. I would argue that Box Hill actually play with a similar blueprint to what Hawthorne do. Only on the day, they did it far better. Well, they controlled
1: the ball much better. There were a couple of centre breaks um, where Sydney kept themselves in the contests. Uh, But for the most part, Hawthorne were clearly, I mean, Box Hill were clearly the the better side.
0: Well, Box Hill commanded the space a lot better. They finished up with uh, plus one hundred and eight in uncontested footy, Mm. plus-54 in marks. That says to me that they're... Really getting a game on their terms. And and Sydney were lazy and not shutting down the options. There were quite a few times where Sydney were let back in the door because of just some bizarre decisions and poor poor disposals that you wouldn't normally see. You could just tell that these mistakes are one out of the box. It's not like what you've seen with Hawthorne and Yeah, they'll be s- ironed out. Yeah, exactly. You're not seriously worried. It's just a moment in time. But one guy that did impress, actually a very timely effort as well as he's searching for a contract. Seamus Mitchell with 30 touches, nine marks, and two tackles. He's a chance to play this week. He would have been best of field if not for uh, midfield master and captain of Box Hill, Cal Porter, who was excellent. But he's posting a really productive season, Seamus Mitchell. You know, we're one round in, of course, but the signs he's shown up till now in practice games and things like that, he's, he's demonstrating some quality, some runs, some drive. Little John regards him as being above VFL level, so for whatever that's worth, you know, Little John knows what he's talking about. He's very positive, very optimistic. He um, is. You know,
1: is he a teacher by training? Because I'd love him to write my reports if I were at school. Well, I mean, also the numbers
0: don't lie. Thirty touch game. Yeah, but pretty I good.
1: mean, didn't didn't Brockman have five touches the other week and it
0: read like <laughs> he was? Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about, Tyler Brockman? Three goals, twelve disposals, three marks. He looks good from the outset. He definitely looks above the level as well. Yep. He could be on his way back. He was exciting to watch. Ned Long, who I've predicted huge things for in the second half of this season, I mean, he could be back in the senior side for his second career game in the first half of the season, the way he's going. 29 touches, 7 marks, 6 tackles, 3 clearances, a game that was, you know, grunt personified and in and out of the ball. Get him in. 6 tackles yeah it's pretty good isn't it yeah it's more than i would say apart from lloyd meek i Mm. think that's more than anyone had for hawthorne yep so and he's a big unit he is and committed to the contest i know it's just one game but it it seemed to me watching him like he'd taken a step forward play well with ward too yeah having played (laughs) having played with him before Your buy in with that connections massive isn't it yeah
1: and how was max not max lynch
0: Max Ramsden, it was a lot quieter than the practice game, so Damn. he didn't kick his four goals. But he played more ruck, so that might, be, that might be part of it. But the other guy that we're talking about, Cooper Stevens, 23 touches, five marks, five tackles and four clearances. Like Long, uh, you know, contested footy expert, bruised and battered throughout. He took some huge hits. Uh, it was a good clearance game from Cooper Stevens, but I didn't see anything that classy or anything too eye-catching to suggest that he'll be playing next week against North. Okay. Of course, by the time people listen to this, he might have been handed a debut. (laughs) So take it with a grain of salt. Is uh, McGuinness staying in the lineup? Big question, isn't it? Because outside that tagging role, which he does very well. Yeah. I mean, who was he? He's on Warner. Mm -hmm. No doubt he restricted Warner. Yep. But what else did he do? Correct. And and is it unfair to ask that much of him? Maybe. But no. This team needs a little bit more. No, no, to be a really good tagger. need to be offensive
1: as well. Cunnington this week or LDU? I'd say LDU.
0: (laughs) Anyway. Is uh, it LDU? It's not UDL, is it? (laughs) That's when he's been on the source. (laughs) Um, DGB, speaking of acronyms. Uh, 20 touches, 11 marks. A fairly honest performance. Did he look above the level? Yeah, I'd say so. A lot was asked of him in terms of the different opponents he played on. Right. I didn't think he gave up. Too many obvious goals. Mm-hmm. A lot weren't his fault. Scrambling? Uh, yeah, sometimes. I
1: noticed he uh, had a lovely couple of exit kicks from defensive 50. Really set up a couple of attacks.
0: I, I just thought he asserted himself consistently enough throughout the day to, to help keep Sydney at bay until Box Hill were able to kick away. So I thought... Yeah, it was an honest performance, as I said. He did his job. Um, as for some of his other senior teammates, Jack Scrimshaw and Harry Morrison played just some cameo uh, performances there. I didn't really see much from either that would suggest that they're getting elevated either. Really? Well, Scrim- I would have thought Harry straight back in. You think so? Yeah, about three quarters of play, 14 disposals, seven marks. Scrimshaw and a half a footy. He played the second half, uh, 14 disposals and four marks. Uh, they performed in the roles that you'd expect, Obviously above the level of VFL, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they were they were fine. Uh, the guy that really made a splash, mm. who Hawthorne has had, had their eye on for some time, Jed Rule, who was uh, ultimately the difference with four goals. That was about the, the winning margin in the end. He trained with Hawthorne during the preseason supplemental selection period, but that was as a defender. So he's now a forward. He's four goals in his first game, great effort, and uh, he could yet be picked up in the mid-season draft.
1: Little bit of flying under the radar from Josh Weddle,
0: who had a good game. Mm-hmm.
1: They sort of heaped a spotlight on him in the socials for the club. Yeah, yeah, and uh, really, oh, I don't know. They put a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, no, they've turned down the dimmer switch on that uh, spotlight, I think. But eighteen touches at uh, and six marks and four tackles. That's yeah. that's quite good.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, and Jack Sullivan as well. Two goals and loves a goal a celebration. I mean, it was deserved. The but celebration he brings of people with, right? Yes. That competitive spirit, that keenness for the contest.
1: That's what I want, the energy in that exactly. forward system. I want him to bring people with him. I want him.
0: He, you know he wants the ball. Yeah. He would be filthy if he lost a contest, I reckon. He'd go just as hard at the next one. That's the vibe I get from him. I mean, in the opening moments of the game, it would have been maybe like the first minute or two crunching his Sydney opponent like he was Dan Hannabury <laughs> You know, like he's been watching the 2014 Grand Final. I thought that was beautiful. Uh, Max Lynch I thought was pretty good as well. 28 hit outs being the dominant ruck on the ground. 10 touches, 3 score assists. And uh, would be a chance to come back in sooner rather than later with Ned Reeves.
1: Yeah, he looked firing. to be moving pretty well, Maxie. Mm-hmm. A very good performance. There's a bye now, which is odd, I know. But uh, the next time we see him, the curtain raiser. The curtain raiser. On Easter Monday
0: at the MCG. Yes, against Geelong. So that'll be a big one. It's a big day. What do you reckon, back-to-back wins? (laughs) (laughs) Look,
1: I tell you what, if Geelong lose to Gold Coast, as could happen this weekend, and then they meet us, and, uh, and, and we rub their nose in it on Easter
0: Monday. Stuff dreams are made of. But, of course, we've got a different challenge this week. It's Hawthorne versus North Melbourne at UTAS, Saturday, one forty-five pm What changes are we making? Wingard should be right to go. Well, our biggest change will be in the result. Oh, okay. Tip yeah. in a win. We will win. Okay, wow. Very definitive. But I, I
1: don't know that Sammy's all that eager to listen to changes to the lineup. What would you do? He'll probably give Wingard the nod. Mm-hmm. Which, Butler falls out again, is that right? Unfortunate, yeah, Probably. That's probably what would happen. And then he'd bring in another midfielder, maybe. Hopefully. I hope it's long. Then he needs to make a decision on Reeves.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind Lynch coming in for Reeves. I wouldn't mind DGB coming in for Frost, potentially. Really? Yeah. Well, you don't we- just chuck Frost forward and put DGB back? Yeah, well, you could do that as well. Well, they've got to make
1: changes, As as point. You've got to think about Larkey. Clarko's going to be trying everything. You know, he- he'll be... I don't know. What would he be like? What would will be thinking? I don't want to lose to this mom. That's the one thought in his... Both of them would be thinking that. I've got a prediction. Mm. He approaches the wrong huddle. <laughs> Three-quarter time. With the magnets showing where everyone's going and what they're doing. <laughs> uh, it should be fun. Like I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a good contest. I think it'll be a good contest. I want to see the coaches actually going through the motions though i don't want to see like them both avoiding defeat i want them both trying to win Mm. and i think you will get that from clarko and
0: sammy i find this game as with all north melbourne games hard to judge because i desperately don't want to lose to this mob do you expect it to be physical because i definitely do there's been question marks on how
1: physical hawthorne is I, i think we'll have to raise that part of our game
0: yeah absolutely This question from Lauren, if there isn't a reasonable change in our lineup after two horrific losses, is it an issue? Does it breed complacency? I get giving those under 10 games multiple goes for some consistency, but I don't see any benefit from playing the same people week after week, even more so due to the pool of talent at Box Hill, and this year especially the ability to experiment with people in new roles. We get easily beat by a predicted bottom side. I don't want to see us approaching the game in a very similar way the next week. Yeah, I've been been enjoying
1: Lauren's comments on Twitter. Mm. Um, they're well thought out and uh and
0: quite difficult to answer, as is this one. So <laughs> So is this to say that if we do suffer defeat against North, it's time to swing the axe?
1: Well, it's a balancing act. You you didn't have Box Hill play in the first round. Now you've seen Box Hill play, they played well, they obviously had some very good performances. Uh you have to reward those. Mm-hmm. Do you reward it off one performance? It sounds like Sammy wants... Like he's got to, It's quite delicate. He's got to get the players knowing who their best teammates are, the best way to move the ball against oppositions. Uh, you know, there's got to be that cohesion. You've got to understand your teammates. And he won't get that if he's making changes every week. Well, it ties
0: into that argument that I made about midfield combinations after round one and, and how having... Too many is, is possibly perilous because you, you won't get any, any sort of consistency or any sense of what works and which guys gel and and what, what you can do with the guys that you have. So, yeah, it's about that balance of not making too many changes. But also, I don't know if I want to put it this way, but I will anyway, laying down the law a bit and discussing, you know, what you will accept and what you won't. Big questions for I don't a think that's, I
1: don't think that's a problem for Sammy. I think they are very much attuned to what he won't accept. So your tip is that Hawthorne win? Yeah, I don't think there's any point in thinking the other way. I think Hawthorne should definitely aim to win, or play to win, ride the bumps with a grin, etc.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm always curious about... you know I don't, I, The company line is that they don't listen to the external noise, but... Uh, The players would know what's being said about the club.
1: But but that's the challenge. Like, even as a fan, you've got to ignore the result. Yeah, I suppose. But I just... You and I, we've had moments where if you were to deliberate on the result too much, you would never improve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the situation they're in at the moment.
0: Well, it's more the case of people are saying, not only are you losing... You're losing in such a way that is purposeful. You're so bad that it can't be by accident. You're doing it deliberately.
1: It, it's as like it, they have no long-term memory. I mean, <laughs> Melbourne tanked. That's tanking.
0: All I'm saying is it would it, it would light a fire under me. I'd say, "No, st- stuff you. That's not who I am as part of this team. That's not who we are as a team. We're playing to win." Mm. I just I wonder if they have heard that external noise and if it does fire them up because it would fire me up. I would hate to be talked about in that way, so I wonder if it does hit a limit, and I wonder if it does happen to play into the the physicality that we're expecting.
1: Even if it does, that only works for a week, and it, yeah. it's it's no it's no solution.
0: No, this is the track that we're on. This is the year. Having era that said we're in.
1: that, one win would make it seem a lot better. <laughs> It'd make our jobs it easier. Feel good, <laughs> especially against this um, North Melbourne mob, who's having everything handed to them. <laughs>
0: We need to start wrapping up. Uh, do rain review our show, not only on Apple Podcasts, but on Spotify as well. Uh, one thing we're enormously proud of when it comes to doing this show is the community of diehard Hawks fans we've built around the podcast. You can jump online and join our conversation, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, wherever you like. Now, uh, Tiz, did you know we've been doing this for about seven years now? I was aware, and not one premiership in that time. No, we chose to start after the golden era, which was an interesting move. I feel like we (laughs) should go back and do like a, what would you call that? A retrospective? Yeah. Speaking of extra content, uh, we we (laughs) literally have put forward hundreds of hours of recorded content for your enjoyment. But of course, doing this show, it's also many hours of work that no one ever hears. Uh, this is a hobby. We make it work around our lives and we make time for it even when it seems impossible or even when it's maybe not so enjoyable, say, after the Sydney loss. That was a tough one. There's been (laughs) worse moments. There there has been worse than that. All this being said, your support is something that we deeply appreciate listeners and if you like what we do if you want more hawk talk podcast the number one thing you can do to support us is to hop onto patreon a subscription service that we use and by signing up you'll not only be helping us out but you'll get a whole archive of bonus content too and that includes tis a digital copy of our 2023 season guide which
1: is more positive than anything you'll read on hawthorne anyway here read
0: what have you. Uh, so here's where you head Patreon.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. Now, I suppose when you sign up, it's an opportunity to say, thanks, we appreciate all that you do, and get more stuff from us in return. Patreon.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. And, you know, maybe it's not a great time right now. Maybe you can't sign up, and fair enough. I'll ask this If you do have Hawthorne supporters in your life who you reckon would really dig what we do and enjoy our show, do spread the word. Tell them about the Hawk Talk Podcast. Let's ride the bumps with a grin together. And and on all this, one last thing, as always, would like to extend a massive thank you to our proud, passionate and paid up Patreon subscribers who are already on board with us, who help make the Hawk Talk podcast possible. Uh, red time items, mate, as we look to wrap up. Box Hill and Essendon, if you'd believe, drew again. VFLW action, they, they've drawn again. It was, rigged. Time. was it rigged? <laughs> I think it was much in much the same fashion that Hawthorne came back to draw the games. That's the second time that's happened. Uh, meanwhile, a bunch of AFLW re-signings have been announced by the club. Uh, get the montage music ready, because this is a fair, fair few names here. Lucas, Rod, Gilroy, Ashmore, McCourt, Stewart, Smith, Deed, Fleming, and Hipwell, Everest, Wales, Elliot, Richardson, Stevenson, Brown, and Kemp all signed on with the club for our next season, which I don't believe is till August. But- August. Come April, we'll have a few new acquisitions as well, so keep an eye out for that. We'll certainly keep you... Is that the draft? Is that on the 4th? I believe it might be, yeah. Yeah. So it's next Tuesday. Anyway, uh, this question from Patrick. If we get pick one, what picks would you need to even think about trading it? Also, was inviting Don Scott to a peace summit a mistake (laughs) in hindsight? (laughs) First of all, Don
1: Scott, very, very useful. Every every group needs an enemy. There you go. (laughs) Do they? Very good at uniting. Just oh, having right. one bloke who nobody you know what about you, you inspiring
0: can just force him to the side because we want to unite and inspire Tiz. I, I find Don very inspiring <laughs> in what way do, dare I ask
1: um well hearing what he had a go at the club about was inspiring to me because I've had many of those thoughts
0: myself look the whole idea of the unite inspire uh, uh, is as to a forum hear is to pins, hear people out yeah. it's disappointing that you know he, he walked out feeling like he'd not been heard or that He'd been ignored. Well, yeah. He'd said his
1: piece, I think. Always reported negatively, of course, but generally that went
0: very well. Well, yeah, I would have liked a bit more positive coverage uh, about what is essentially a positive idea from Gowers. I think it's a great idea, and he's clearly got a challenge ahead of him to unite and indeed inspire everyone. That is the goal. That is the challenge ahead of him. Uh, Would you trade pick one and for what? Yeah, neither. But, you know, if I offered you picks three, four, and five nah no 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 no. because if you get pick one you've either done a deal for it and given up a lot for it or you finish last and if you finish last your prize as per the afl is pick one and you don't give that away
1: i don't know i think trading out pick one is you know historically pretty good
0: yeah okay there was maybe that one time where it worked so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, worked real well for Frio. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't remember who we got. Uh, yeah.
1: Anyway, good on you, Hodgie. Even right. if you have picked us for the spoon. Oh, but I still really enjoy his commentary
0: as well. He's a uh, great addition. He
1: no, he's a bloody uh, acolyte there. Um, the, <laughs> other <laughs> the other thing is uh, Harley Reid could be just as good as him.
0: And, of course, that brings talent to your club and, yep. you know, Talking about Unite and Inspire to get Harley Reid might might serve for for just those purposes. Now, this question from Ends: who do you think will debut next out of our latest draft picks and do you think they'll all get a debut this year? I believe they all probably will, actually. Yep. But yeah. uh, the next one's Jackie O'Sullivan. Yep, I agree with that. I'm a big Jackie O'Sullivan mark, as it turns do out. Do we call I'm,
1: him Jackie O? Or Jackie
0: gonna... O. I'm not sure he'd appreciate that, but... Sully? Anyway, final question to cap things off for this episode. The spaghettiest, the only solution to the predicament we're in is patience and time. Does the Hawthorne Football Club, including its members and supporters, have it in them to stay the course? Judging by the howls of disapproval on social media over the past couple of weeks, something tells me not. So some of them have said that, uh, you know, the players aren't above judgment or criticism. and, And indeed Mitchell. You know, it's one thing to say, look, you know, this is what we're doing. This is the era that we're in. This is what a rebuild looks like. Well, some people fire back and they say, well, you know, am I meant to just swallow that? Yeah, I'm meant ab- to have standards. Yeah, They're exactly. They're not adhering to the standards. Yeah, if players aren't playing well, I'm not I've allowed seen to say enough,
1: so. <laughs> I've seen enough football that know that he was not meant to do that.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And fair enough. But all I'm saying is make it easier on yourself. Because... Otherwise, you're just going to whip yourself into a frenzy of frustration, and there needs to be a degree of acceptance about where we're at. Well, I hope
1: there's not in the playing group, but in no, terms no, of in fans. terms of when you go to the football at the moment, you you're in a position where you might impact that young player's yeah career by giving encouragement from the sidelines, mm-hmm. and you know you're you're in at the beginning there. There's going to be moments where you're like. That kid's got something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might fall away for them. But as a fan, you'll see some things and you'll be like, oh, look at that. That's a little bit like Hodgie used to do that. <laughs> or, now you'll never say that's a bit like Cyril because that just doesn't no, happen. No, it's not going to no. happen. But, uh, yeah, he can take a better overhead mark than Buddy. That can happen. <laughs>
0: I mean, let's raise the bar a bit. You
1: know, they're just, uh, yeah. All these kids are working out what they're best at or what they can be best at. They're working out how to force that. Like we heard from Brewster, he just said, you know, he's got this array of talents and you've got to lean into that and your coach has to
0: build the game plan around you as well. So it's... There's so many moving pieces. I just think, you know, we're at the conclusion of round two and set your expectations. If we haven't improved by the buy in any discernible way, Hmm. uh, if you want to be frustrated about that, well, I'd say fair enough. And you've got
1: to give the new blokes and the blokes that have changed positions six weeks because it's going to at least
0: take six weeks. Give them time and let yourself off the hook. You don't need to live in this negative mindset where everything needs to be perfect immediately. It's just not realistic. Just enjoy what you can out of it. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm not going to deny anyone feeling what they feel. They, you know, if they're frustrated, fair enough. We've had such a, you know, be so privileged as Hawks fans to have so much success for so long uh, that this is a bit strange. We're in the wilderness a little bit, but doesn't have to be for long. Could see improvement. Fingers crossed this weekend we see an instance of muscle memory in which Liam Shields forgets who he plays for and kicks to Wing Guard for the match winner. Or Dan Howe kicks across goal. <laughs> as is One as well. of those! <laughs> No, are we allowed to give them those drive-bys? Yeah, I mean, it's all in good fun. Yeah, That's the point, it isn't is, it?
1: Yeah, and it should be good fun, and I hope they applaud Clarker when he goes out there at the start of the game. Not necessarily at the end, depending on the result, but uh, oh, I'll I my... certainly have a big soft spot for Clarka.
0: Oh, So do I, but I'll be saving my applause for the uh, 2013 reunion and, and <laughs> events of such ilk, not while he's wearing those colours. Anyway, that'll be the Hawk Talk podcast. <laughs> we'll be back next week to recap... <laughs> Win, lose, draw, you name it, we'll be back. We'll catch you then. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.